Hey everyone, welcome back to Stadia Cast. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much, man. Can you believe it's almost September? Like, what happened to this year? It's like school time starting for yeah. for my kids. I can't. I, I just. I don't understand what's happening here. School time is starting for me officially. Like this week, I'm back at work. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. I wasn't sad at Great. all about Great. the uh, the 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 quickly disappearing vacation uh, that I've been on. Although I've been hey, look, working like every day anyway. <laughs> hey, look, Bill, you have video games behind you. Be happy. It's okay. Don't think of the other thing that I said. Just look behind you at all the nice <laughs> video game stuff you have. All right. Fair enough. That's what I will do. But before I do that, I uh, just want to let everybody know that if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, uh, a couple of things. Number one, you can watch us do the show live every single Sunday morning, 10 a.m., uh, us eastern over at nerdnest.tv number two we have other shows that you can listen to on that podcasting app uh, lloyd has nintendo pulse i have nintendo switchcraft yes we both have nintendo shows we also have uh, a new show which is called on deck about the steam deck and i have another show called 143 pixels so you know look at all that stuff on your favorite podcasting app and uh, then when you're done subscribing to all that Come over to nerdnest.tv and subscribe. And if you're already here live and you want to hang out with us and make sure that we see your messages, you can use the super chat feature. You can click on the join button. There's a billion buttons to click on YouTube and they all help the algorithm to tell YouTube that this is good content to show to other people. All right. We got that stuff out of the way. Lloyd, what are you yes, been man. playing? Uh, I, I've only been playing a little bit of games this week, but I did manage to put another, um, like five, six hours into young souls and I beat the game. Um, what a fantastic game. Uh, in fact, it's in my running for game of the year. It's right up there for the best games I've played so far in 2021. Uh, it is just a amazing RPG with fun characters fun bosses uh really great story and the uh the the tag team um mechanic that's built into it because you're a set of twins is just smart so you could have one character that is more of a melee uh fast kind of like rogi with daggers and you can have one that has like a big shield um when you switch between your characters um temporary damage on the one twin will heal if they're not currently active so you're constantly switching in battle um there's a a, a full co-op mode so you can play the whole game with a friend in in local couch co-op just an amazing game that literally came out of nowhere i knew nothing about this game until i saw it drop on stadia i uh i, I took a chance picked it up and ha just absolutely loved it i think it took me about 13 hours to beat the game so it's not even a really long game so if you're looking for something that is quick and easy to get through uh for 20 ish dollars young souls is a pretty fantastic package right now awesome i i definitely think that's something that i will look at uh later on down the road right now i have so many games to play that i i just can't even i can't even think about it at this point uh picking right. up something new um so <laughs> I this week I played a little bit of Destiny 2. Um it, we now have cross play and we'll talk about that later on in the show. Um yeah. I've been playing both on my Xbox and on Stadia and it's working really really well, so I I have absolutely zero complaints there. Uh and I also not on Stadia, but I've been playing uh Halo. I did a stream earlier this week because I'd never played a Halo game. 
uh, and everybody was like, oh my God, you never played a Halo game. And I, yeah, sorry, I just missed out for some reason. So I was playing Halo 1 and I played it for like three hours on stream. And then I proceeded to, uh, you know, I, I shut the stream down, went and did other things. And then I continued to play it that day. And then I finished it the next day. So now I'm moving on to Halo 2. And I know it's not on Stadia, but um, like as somebody who's never played those games, oh man, what a fun, fun experience that was. <laughs> except for, I will say this, except for the final mission in Halo 1. Right. I right. really hated that. That was terrible, and I, I, I just despised it. Uh, but you know, this morning I sat down. I've been playing some more Destiny Two, and every time I play it, I forget how beautiful that game is. It's just such it a is. gorgeous game, and the lighting and everything about it is is beautiful. And you know, it's the same company that made Halo. So as I sit down to play Destiny, I'm constantly now at this point reminded, <laughs> oh. Okay, well, the maybe DNA. you should go find out what's going on with Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> the DNA of the game from Halo definitely made its way into Destiny 2. I, I played a little bit of Destiny 2 as well because of the cross-play stuff. Um, I was dropped into the new story mission uh, because that's what happens. They came out with a new, mm -hmm. uh, a new chapter, so you're dropped into the story mission. And I was underpowered for the story mission, so that really sucked really bad. Yeah. I had to nope, I had to nope right out of it. I'm like, why would they do that? That is horrible horrible onboarding um but uh it's really good that the uh, cross-platform stuff is there um as as for halo i just want to say i'm i'm incredibly impressed you didn't bounce when you got to the level of the library because that is by far the worst mission in any of the halos it's like the the same the same corridors the same platforms the same everything for like an hour it was just such a terrible mission to get through mm -hmm. uh, but you got through it so i'm impressed that's awesome <laughs> uh as far as destiny 2 goes my biggest criticism with that game i love the gameplay itself but my biggest criticism it's like i had this figured out uh, back in 2019 when i first played destiny 2 like i played it for a little bit and after about a month and doing some live streams i had figured out like how you go about doing stuff but since then i've forgotten everything and so I sat down and I was like, oh, I'm going to play a Titan this time instead of a Warlock. And I played a little bit. And now I just right. can't figure out what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to go. The UI is a disaster and I can't. Yeah. It's so complicated. And I wish I could just open up my quest and my quest tracker and say, open on map and have it open to the exact map that I'm supposed to go to and then hit transport there. So I don't have right. to like look around for what I'm supposed to do. And then like one of the, the quests that I had, which you have to read the quests, which mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a real criticism, but um, <laughs> like I read the, I didn't read the quest for a while. And so I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Finally, I read the quest. It was like, make sure that you do a bounty for person x and i was like oh okay so i went and found person x i got a bounty for them i went and i was trying to do the bounty and i'm like why isn't it telling me that it's done you can't right. track the bounties so like you have to go into the bounty thing each time to look and see how you've progressed and i was like okay i finished it went back to the dude talked to him nothing happens oh that's right i have to go into the bounty screen and claim yeah. the bounty after I finished it. It's like all of these ridiculous, ridiculous steps. 
that you have to go through over and over again uh, that are completely unnecessary. And I just I don't understand it. Yeah, it's it, it is kind of a big mess. The thing that I really wish that they had is you could open up kind of like a stories panel where it says, okay, Destiny 2 launched with this content and it shows all the content in order, all the story missions, what you've completed, mm -hmm. because I want to go back and play through all the story content. From what I understand, some of the story content isn't there anymore because they've taken locations away. But it'd be really nice if I could start with base Destiny 2 stuff and then uh, they added the 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 silver watchmadoos okay here's all the questions and here's the, uh, the 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 platinum um whatever and you can go through all this stuff uh, because it really lower it really um confuses things when you have all these disparate missions on your mission tab it's like here's an icon that's red and yellow and green and purple and this one has a bar on it this one doesn't it, it's not it's not super um, easy to come back to for someone that really hasn't played Destiny 2 much since launch. And I want to get in and maybe play some of the content that I was working on. So they, they need a better onboarding. They need a better kind of um, menu structure because it is it is a mess. And they keep changing it. It seems with every every addition, like whether it's a new season or, or a new chapter, they change the UI, but it's all terrible. It's it's <laughs> never really been that good. So uh, that's my only criticism with uh, Destiny 2. But uh, the people that love Destiny 2 have been playing it since launch, and they don't care because they've already done all that content. So um, this is just someone coming back to the game. It's It's a little bit tough. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing that you would say to like somebody that plays Monster Hunter, when right. you play Monster Hunter and you've played all of the other Monster Hunters, it makes perfect sense. When you're a newbie in Monster Hunter, you're like, I don't understand why this doesn't work. Oh, well, that's because you have to understand this mechanic, this mechanic, this mechanic, <laughs> and this mechanic. And once right. you understand those mechanics, then this thing makes perfect sense. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But uh, you got to teach people how things work in your game. You can't just expect that they will know everything right. from like two decades of your game. And I know destiny two, isn't that like had doesn't have that much depth, but it right. feels like it because everything is all spread out and confusing. And somebody in chat just says there's too much content in destiny two. That's not the problem. I think the problem is just the way it's organized. Anyway, I didn't want to sit here and complain about destiny two for as long as we have. So I'm going to move on. I really like the game. Yep. I'm enjoying playing it. I just wish it were simpler as far as just to tell me where to go. All of the gameplay combat stuff is top notch and I yep. really, really like it. All right, moving on. Uh, some of you probably saw this story earlier this week. Um, I did a video about it, in fact, uh, where there was apparently some footage that was leaked of an upcoming Star Wars The Mandalorian game. And uh, coming to Stadia. And, I, you know, I made my video and I talked about, all right, well, you know, of course, take everything with a grain of salt. This stuff is, is you can easily, I, I won't say easily, you can fake this stuff with a certain amount of work. Mm -hmm. And, but, but, but what I saw was like pretty impressive. So yep. I was like, oh, maybe it's real. And so I kind of just assumed, I, I didn't assume it's real, but I I made the video on the basis of an assumption that it's real and what would it be like, that kind of thing. 
Uh, and so if you haven't seen that video, you can go back and watch that. And I talk more in more in depth about the game. But at this point, I feel like enough time has gone by that I've gotten a little more distance from it. And there's more information that's come out. And I think that this is fake. And Lloyd, before we really dive into it, I'm curious, what's your opinion? Do you think it's real or not? Well, there's many ways that you can classify real. Um, I, I'll tell you what I think, and then you'll see if, I, if I'm if i the same as you or if I've uh, diverged a little bit from, from what your thoughts are. Um, I think it's a real game. I think someone worked on this. They made a playable slice uh, for a pitch. And uh, we know that LucasArts and, um, and, and the Star Wars people were looking at expanding the number of studios that were working on Star Wars titles. So you can assume at some point someone made a, a, a request for pitches and someone worked on this really amazing kind of snapshot of, of Mando. Uh, and with all the playable weapons, all, all the armor, all the characters, some of the locations and put it out there as a, hey, we would like to do this. And then nothing happened. The pitch wasn't accepted or whatever. So this developer has a, uh, a prototype of a game that could be still worked on set in the Star Wars universe that, that this person or persons uh, had worked on for a very long time. But I don't think this was ever a project that was in like real development at a, at a real like larger studio um, that was then leaked out. I think this is more of a look what I can do. I would love to work on a Star Wars title here it is uh it, it the video is pretty impressive like the uh the lighting the uh the locations the, the the weapons and everything it looks pretty impressive but i don't think this is the sign that we're getting a star wars title uh in the near future that is set in the mandalorian universe yeah. that said I wish it would be because that's some of my favorite Star Wars content. I love the kind of like Ronin samurai uh, Western uh, one guy with a gun kind of take on Star Wars that they did with Mandalorian. So uh, I, I hope this is a real thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, it's the the idea of of it being like like this this you know a small team or one guy or whatever who had worked on this game and submitted it. All of that makes sense right up until you see the Stadia UI at the end. And that Stadia yeah. UI at the end, um, like uh, VV Plays, uh, who, like, they had, somebody had dropped this in our community Discord. Uh, VV Plays had posted that they went through the footage frame by frame, and I wish I had thought, thought of that, um, at the very end when the Stadia UI comes up, and it doesn't match the way that the Stadia UI comes up when you actually do it. Almost like somebody did everything that you just said that they did, Lloyd, using like the Unreal Engine and stuff because other people are like, oh, that's that animation right there is from, and I don't know how people can recognize this stuff, but I'm not a developer, so whatever. <laughs> um, like that animation right there is is like from the, the Unreal Engine uh, store so like you can buy animation sets or whatever and bring them into your game in order to streamline your development process and people like recognize the animation i guess um right. and then you take that so i i do think somebody sat down and made this playable snapshot just like you said but then i think that they did some some video editing 
in order to get the Stadia stuff on top of it. And that's where I feel like makes it absolutely fake. What do you think there? I don't know. I looked at the the thing sliding in and the uh, the change to the animation can be um, summed up or 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 I don't know, explained away a couple ways. Um, he I, I saw some of the the chat back and forth of people that were trying to dissect it. Um, one person that was looking at it only had the new Chromecast where mm. people had the older Chromecast where it did animate in. It didn't just appear like it does on Chrome. Sometimes it animates in. But if your CCU's under load, sometimes that menu would take uh, it would kind of like, I don't know, s- stutter a little bit as it was coming out. Um, so I think I, I think the Stadia slide out is real. Um, I that just I don't. It could just be this person has worked on Stadia stuff in the past. They have access to the Stadia dev kits where they can um, upload a build and then play it um, on their on their home devices. If anything, I think that's probably what it is. But we won't know until we know. I'm sure this person will come out and say, "Yeah, it was an all. It was a big fake. Here's uh, here's assets I pulled out of Battlefront. Here's assets that I pulled out of this uh, tutorial thing that comes with Unreal Engine." Uh, here's all this stuff, and this is how I, I mocked it up and brought it together. Um, but I do think it it is a playable game that someone was working on as uh, as a, a bigger pitch for a title that they want to release for whatever larger game studio they work for. Yeah, I will also say, and this is the the, the this is in my opinion is the clincher as to why not that it's not a real thing that you can play. I do mm-hmm. believe that it is a thing that you can play because that is much easier to accomplish than video editing this exact thing because it just looked too good for video editing, which is, as somebody who edits a lot of video, that's where my mind went first when I saw it. And I I looked at it and I said, it was just too good for somebody to just video edit this thing together like that. Um, But for an actual built playable section, I do agree with that. Here's the reason why I don't think we will ever see this game. LucasArts or uh, Disney hasn't taken this down yet. Like this right. video is still up. If it were real, that guy's YouTube channel would have had a strike against it. Disney's lawyers would have came in with their mouse ears on and beat this guy to death. And we would never would have seen from this person again because it's still there. I think that says there's no way it's real. Yeah, we know that there's there is a lot of uh, Star Wars games in production. I I have a lot of friends in development, some who are working at studios that are working on Star Wars titles. I found out about so many Star Wars games that were coming out. Oh yeah. Two, two in particular that never came out, and one that came out recently that that a friend of mine was working on that I knew about for years. But you never know. Like if you have friends in development, they they talk about games that are in development at that friend studios or their own studios. Most of the time, these games never come to light. So this could have just been uh, maybe something that was made for Battlefront even. And it was like a small little slice for a free add-on for Battlefront. And it, and it never happened. Or 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 as what I think actually happened, this is just a, a person or a small team that was putting a pitch together, uh, came up with this playable slice. Nothing came from it. We'll never be able to play it. But hopefully, if that is indeed the thing, this person will put up a full playthrough of all the content that they uh, that they did because it looks pretty darn impressive. And as much as I want a, 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 an exclusive Star Wars game for Stadia, that's not going to happen. Uh, if anything, this would be multi-platform. This isn't like a, an exclusive Stadia game if, if it is even a game. 
but uh yeah i'd like to see more of what this thing is or if it's a if it's a big joke and they were just putting it out there to to stump the internet i want them to come out with a video on how they did that as well yeah because i remember back when they were um like somebody had faked um smash brothers stuff and they they like it was really well done the 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 level of video editing that they went through in order to fake the smash brothers character reveal and then later on they showed a video this is how i did it and it was really impressive annoying but impressive. Um, right. I asked Chad, I said, do you think Mandalorian footage is an actual game? 50, 56% said no. 43% said yes. Uh, I think that I, th- I can't believe it's that close. Um, I do think it's a actual playable thing. I don't think we will ever, ever see it. Right. Yeah. A hundred, hundred percent. I, if anything, I want to see um, a version of this that isn't filmed off of a TV with small kids sitting in front of it. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a direct capture uh, so I can look at it a little bit better. But uh, whoever worked on this, uh, good job. This this is uh, it was fun to watch, uh, even though it was only four minutes. I'd love to play the full title. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, you know what it reminds me of um, that that guy or the I guess it was a group of guys that they re redid uh, a deep fake of a character on a show i won't say which one yeah and then because i don't want to spoil things for people uh and then disney hired them and said you know what you work you work for us now that's so good (laughs) that's better than we could do you work for us now really really impressive all right moving on uh we got a this week on stadia uh Mm -hmm. with some new pro titles that are on their way and i'm not on the right thing on my on my stream deck here. Here we go. Uh, so we've got three pro titles coming. Little Big Workshop, Wave Break, and Darksiders 2. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to start with Darksiders 2 real quick. Darksiders, if you, if you, if the only Darksiders game that you played was the one that was on Stadia, which was Darksiders Genesis. Genesis, yeah? Yeah. Yep. The other Darksiders games don't play like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still they have a different perspective. They still kind of play the same, but they have a different perspective, which is why I was so confused when I looked at Darksiders Genesis and thought, oh, this is like Diablo. No, it's more like Darksiders 2, but from a top-down, or Darksiders games, but from a top-down perspective. Uh, So Darksiders 2, I would say a lot of people would describe this as Zelda, but dark. And so adult Zelda. What's that? <laughs> it's like adult Zelda. It's like uh, it's like your Zelda moved to like um, HBO or FX <laughs> Plus, right? And it's 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 the game you know and love, but with some grit and grime and violence thrown in on top of it. There you go. Uh, so that's what Darksiders Two is. Now there's Wave Break, which both Lloyd and I were incredibly excited for, and then when it came out, we were both pretty disappointed. Not because it's a bad game, but because the game. And I'm just speaking for myself right now, but because the game was so insanely difficult uh, that I never wanted to go back to it again. And I know that they made some changes and updates, but that's the reason I stopped playing. Was that, does that work for you? 
Yeah, uh, the initial content, I couldn't get through any further. I just did not have the skills to get further to unlock more content. Uh, it seems that since then, they've, they've, they've put a park editor into it. There's a bunch of other stuff that has made this game much better. I'm, I'm interested to check it out again because I haven't played it since prior to launch. Um, famously, this is the one game that I was streaming with my privacy stuff uh, or playing with my privacy <laughs> stuff set wrong. And everyone's like, look. People from CDcast are playing Wavebreak. It's like, ah, oh, crap. Okay, gotta gotta lock down my settings a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to get back and play this game a, a little bit more because there has been a, a lot of additions to uh, the initial release. All right, uh, why don't you tell people about this next game, Little Big Workshop, while I remember to put the poll, the next poll in chat. Sure. So Little Big Workshop is a fun little, um, it's like a sim game. So if you've played Sim City or Sim Ant or Sim Earth way back in the day, uh, but this is you are, or you're simulating a workshop. So someone that has built a factory and needs to make other widgets to make money to then buy bigger equipment and make more widgets to make more money. So it's, it's very much a simulation game like that where you're uh, you're making you're making stuff in a factory. Uh, the really cool thing about this is kind of the aesthetic. It's it's almost like all the characters in your game are these little wooden figures that are kind of like just trumbling around and and doing stuff. Uh, I had a lot of fun with uh, the game when it first came out. I didn't get too too far with it because there's a point with uh, a point that I hit with many simulation games where it's like okay. I'm now in the part where levels take multiple hours uh, to complete, and I just I don't have that time. Um, that's kind of how how these games go. Um, but what I played with it, I really enjoyed. So it's a, a pretty decent um, collection of three games, Bill. Uh, it is interesting though that we got Darksiders two, not one or three. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. Let's let's jump right into the middle of the story, I guess. I've, you know, we've seen that so many times where they release a game and I can't, I can't tell you exactly when, but I know that we've had this conversation before where mm. they release the sequel before the original game. That's and then Exodus. later on we get this, we get the original game and I'm like, why didn't you release them in order on Stadia Pro? And of course yeah. the reason is because, oh, I now have Darksiders 2. I guess I'll buy Darksiders 1 so I can get caught up on the story. Do you think that's right. what it is? <laughs> uh, I think that could be part of it. I know when Metro Exodus came out, it's like, oh, yeah, I've already played this game, and this is where I got stuck, and, and there's this boss battle. And everyone's like, well, that boss battle's not in this game. This game just came out. I'm like, no, I played this years ago on my 360. No, I played the original Metro, not Metro Exodus, but I foolishly assumed that uh, the the... the the first game would come out before the the new game, um, and I was incorrect. Uh, same uh, Justin in in chat room is saying Metro and the the SteamWorld games. Yeah. Oh yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Were Although those aren't. Order. That doesn't. Oh no, yeah. SteamWorld dig that does matter. Yeah, t dig two came out before dig one, I think, mm -hmm. or on Pro. So yeah, uh, I, I think there's maybe something to that. Let's release the second one. People will buy the first and the the third one, uh, so that they can play number two and kind of saddle it up right in the middle of those two titles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of these three games, I'm probably most excited for Darksiders 2. Oh, let me ask you a quick, quick question about Little Big Workshop. Mm -hmm. You said that a level can take like a couple... You can save in the middle of a level, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so good. as you get further, you have to build bigger things that you can't get to until you've um, increased all the, the, the different machinery that you have in your, uh, in your workshop. So it takes a little bit longer to finally get to 
the point where you need to complete the level. Um, so that's kind of when I sort of balanced when things were taking more than like 15 minutes a level. I was like, okay, I don't I don't need to play this right now. I can come back to it. All right. Um, August 31st, which is coming in, up in just a couple of days, the last day for you to pick up Gunsport, Blue Fire, or Kronos. Um, absolutely, you want to pick up those. I know Lloyd is a huge yeah. fan of Blue Fire. I didn't really care mm. for Blue Fire myself. Uh, Gunsport, I feel like, is constantly overlooked. It's this weird volleyball with guns game, and it's super quick and easy to pick up. You should definitely check that out if you haven't. And Kronos, oh my god, that game is fantastic. Now, Lloyd, I'm guessing you probably wouldn't like it because it's a Souls-like as far as the combat goes. Uh, But so much fun. And what a weird and awesome world. I've talked about it on the show endlessly. So uh, Kronos, I'm a huge fan of. of, uh, You want to pick those up before August 31st because after August 31st, you won't be able to claim those games anymore if you already claimed them you'll still be able to play them but you can't claim them anymore exactly yeah chronos is decent uh i not i'm not a huge fan of souls like games as i've talked about many times but uh definitely worth claiming even if it's something you never play uh, it's always another game to add to your library that you can come to when you're uh, a little bit bored and need something new to play all right moving on to uh this tweet from i'm trying to see who it is stoked for good it doesn't i don't know i don't recognize them but apparently they got an email and i get these from time to time from various people who have my email address which is kind of irritating and most i probably got this too and just deleted it because nine times out of ten i don't read my emails when like i get so many emails from from game companies just saying hey here's a new thing because i'm on this like some press list or whatever but it says Please rate your interest in the following types of streaming subscription services, cloud gaming platforms like Google Stadia and PlayStation Now. And they're talking about like it's just a Fortnite um, uh, poll. Yeah. Yeah. Fortnite poll. Yep. Um, It's weird to me that they mentioned Stadia and PlayStation Now, but not Xbox cloud gaming. And uh, (laughs) well, it's already on GeForce Now, right? uh yes it is yeah it is okay it's weird that they mentioned playstation now but not xbox but okay uh but they mentioned stadia and they don't mention luna either that's also weird but um (laughs) yeah what do you think about this um i i think it's um epic gathering information like they always do i get these Fortnite surveys all the time and it's like uh how would you rate your experience with uh chapter two season two and i'm like (laughs) well that's like a year ago i don't know uh, how did you like this item from Fortnite? Uh, Save the world. I don't play Save the world. Um, so they're they're often filled with like a bunch of um, fluff questions um, in addition to the things that the survey was planned for. So um, this has uh, interest in streaming subscription services. They talk about cloud gaming. They talk about movie and TV. They talk about music streaming. So everyone's like, oh, my God, Fortnite's coming to uh, to Stadia. This is amazing. Well, I would agree it would be amazing. I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Uh, although I really wish it would happen tomorrow because I play a lot of Fortnite on my Xbox and and through um, GeForce Now uh, and and my Nintendo Switch, uh, it would be really convenient for me to boot it up on my phone every once in a while when I want to like check my my missions and what's in the item shop. Yeah, I mean it's just weird that this happened right after it was. Um, I, I don't I don't know if leaked is the right word, but the that it was leaked that 
that basically Epic Games said, oh, you want to have Fortnite on Stadia? Then give us no, uh, put the <laughs> put the Fortnite um, launcher on Google Play Store for free. Right. And, right. you know, it's funny that like, like the week or maybe it was two weeks, and I can't remember when we talked about this, but like a short time after that comes out, this comes out. I, I just think it's very, very interesting timing wise. It, it is. I had this survey in my inbox and I hadn't gotten to it yet. I, I, I tend to do surveys almost all the time for Fortnite because I really love the game and I'm still spending the 10 minutes to do the survey. But it was sitting in my inbox. I saw this pop up on Reddit and then on Twitter. And then the next day I went to go do the survey. And as you choose your your language, which was English for me, the next slide says, oh, this survey has been deactivated by survey owner. And it's like, oh, interesting. Wow, so that's weird. Uh, someone leaked out some info from the current survey and then the survey gets deactivated right away. So I don't know. I don't want to read any, any, anything into that. Sometimes surveys are only active for a short period of time or they get the number of answers that they wanted and they, they disable it. Uh, but I thought that was interesting timing as well. Yeah. I, I would say that probably what happened is they got the numbers of, they got enough answers and they were like, okay, we don't need any more data. So we're just going to shut it off. That makes sense to me. My my initial reaction was like, "Whoa, conspiracy theory time!" Uh, but it, like almost instantaneously, I was like, "Okay, let's be rational about it." It's probably just because they're a giant corporation that sent out. I don't even know how many emails. I'll bet you that if I look in my email, I'll probably find this survey as well. But. Mm-hmm. They sent out all these emails and they got plenty of feedback and they don't have to wait around forever in order to get um, in order to get uh, the, the feedback that they they need. But which, by the way, speaking of feedback really quickly, I did ask which pro game are you guys the most interested in? Forty seven percent said Darksiders 2, 25 percent said Little Big Workshop, 12 percent said Wave Break and 14 percent said just show me the results, probably meaning that they aren't interested in any of those. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. I, I really hope Fortnite comes to Stadia, but I don't think this survey really means anything other than they're just looking for info on what people are excited about. All right. We talked about Destiny 2 a bunch, uh, so I don't know how much I, I want to talk about. Let's talk just a little bit about the crossplay. It's It's so much easier to find people to play with now. Of course, yeah. because now you are matched against everybody. It, the way that crossplay in Destiny 2 works is actually really, really cool. In PvE, every single player is in the same pool of yeah. players. Everybody can play with each other. I was playing on my Xbox. I was playing with, I think it was Eddie from our community Discord. Um, he was on Stadia. We got into we got into we couldn't hear each other through the game, so voice chat doesn't work. And I think that they said that. Uh, so we just hopped on Discord and we were talking as we went through and did a mission. But it was just seamless. Um, we did have some people who were trying to like join the join the clan, the Nerd Nest clan, and they couldn't because the Nerd Net like I guess the whole clan system. I don't know if it's fixed yet, but at the on the on day one, the whole clan system was broken. Uh, You couldn't do anything. Um, But in PvE, everybody's matched together. And then in PvP, you are matched based on how you're playing. So console players are matched together, and PC is matched with Stadia. 
my one quibble with that is that I would prefer that they match you based on your input method instead of what device that you're on. But I mm. mean, I guess that's that's not that big of a deal. We, in fact, I did have somebody uh, posted in our community discord. They showed a screenshot that they were like the number one. They were playing on Stadia on controller and they had defeated all the people that they were playing against on PC. <laughs> so, you know, I guess maybe it doesn't matter nearly as much. Um, sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it's really cool because I played a, a couple uh, missions just um, when crossplay came out just to see. And it was really interesting looking at the people that are around you in the world and, and you're seeing Xbox icons and and uh, and then you see the odd Stadia icon. And I'm like, oh, there's more of us out there. This is fantastic. Um, I, I think every game coming out nowadays needs this um, just to keep their um, their audience kind of playing together. So if uh, Xbox players start to get bored of the game, the game doesn't die on Xbox because mm -hmm. people that are playing are still playing with all the other people. I know Sony uh, is probably the reason to blame for how slow um, the uptake on these things are uh, just because uh, we, we found out through the lawsuits that Sony charges developers for the number of people that are playing on non Sony systems. Uh, if you're it, because of cross play and it's like this weird, uh, this, this weird algorithm, they come up to figure out how much uh, Bungie owes them, which is just such a ridiculous thing to do in this day and age. Hopefully that goes away. Hopefully that, that is a, a, I don't know, a slide from a bygone era and maybe Sony isn't doing that anymore. Uh, because it's just it's amazing to jump into destiny and and just see um i don't know the moon not being desolate uh well i mean it's a moon so it's desolate but uh <laughs> desolate for the number of people that are running around doing stuff just randomly around you it was it was great to see post uh crossplay launch um so the th speaking of crossplay sorry my brain stopped working because i was in the middle of typing when you finished your thought <laughs> um <laughs> Speaking of crossplay, there's another game that is uh, getting crossplay, and that is Ember. And I know you yeah. played a bunch of Ember. You want to tell for the people who haven't played Ember, you want to tell them about that? Yeah, it's it's like what happens if in the future uh, the gig economy comes to more things than just picking you up food and Task Rabbit and uh, Uber. Uh, there's a service called Ember and you can sign up to be a volunteer firefighter and you get access to all sorts of cool little firefighting gear through your phone and you go and save people and throw them to their death off the tops of burning buildings <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a game that looks very much like it was originally designed for VR uh, just because of the character models and how you have kind of like these um, floating hands in front of you. It, uh, from talking to the developers, it was never really a VR game. Um, but I've kind of fell in love with this game when it first came out. It was so much fun to go through and, and clear out all the missions. Um, since launch on Stadia, they've come to other platforms. And uh, they've also added a whole pile of new content uh, to the game. Different things that you can do in the Ember world. Um, so yeah, adding crossplay between PC consoles and Stadia uh, is going to make for uh, some fun firefighting. Since you can get into, I think it's four-player lobbies. But now you don't have to be just four people on Stadia. It can be across all the different platforms, uh, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. This is the kind of move that will... Like, when you talk about... A minute ago, we were talking about Destiny, and you, you talk about how a game can die on one platform because people on that platform aren't really playing that game, while on another platform, it's doing really, really well. And if you don't happen to be on platform A, 
and uh, that means that you don't have anybody to play with. That's that's really really terrible. Uh, having crossplay in those in a game like Destiny Two isn't mm. as big a deal as having crossplay in a game like this, a much smaller uh, right. game where more like. Th- you have a much smaller number of people that are playing, and so having those people spread out among a bunch of bunch among a bunch of different platforms. God, that's a bad sentence. Um, <laughs> is kind of a big deal. Bringing all of those people together is huge. When you play on Destiny Two, even on Stadia, you can usually have found people to play with. And yeah, you might be a while for like Crucible or something for like the PvP stuff, but. If you wanted to find some pe- some people to play with, it, w- it would take a little bit longer, but it wasn't ridiculous. But when you talk right. about smaller games, it's much more impactful, I think. Yeah, it's the difference between five people currently playing when you're when you're in the game and 500 people potentially playing at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's it's huge for smaller games like Ember. Uh, I really love that Ember's still around, though. Um, I, like it. it launched in early access and i kind of wondered what that would mean for the development um they've put a bunch of content into the game um so yeah the full release uh that is coming out um which is a little bit over a year after the game first entered um the early access there's going to be two brand new districts 12 new levels 13 new tools five brand new game modes daily and weekly missions uh extra difficulty modes and mutators and clothing and stuff like that so uh, i think this game did really well in early access and it was really great to see this is one of the um one of the success stories from stadia early access because it launched there first and then it went to pc and then consoles and and now it's coming out with the full final release and it looks like it's a much better game than when it first started uh in early access yeah, I'm waiting for it to come to Oculus Quest. We have a Quest 2. Well, nice. my son has a Quest 2 that he lets me use from time to time. <laughs> and uh, if this seems like the perfect, like you said at the beginning of this segment, this seems like the perfect game for VR. Yeah. I didn't like the way that it controlled when I was playing it. It bothered me for some reason. And I think that if I were to play this on VR, mm-hmm. I would be okay with the way that it plays. And so Fair. I'm my fingers are crossed that this game comes to <laughs> Oculus because then then I'll try it out uh, or I'll try it again. I've I played it on Stadia, uh, but then I'll try it again and see what it's like. I really hope it comes to to, to Quest Two. Uh, I did run a poll asking, "Are you playing Destiny Two again?" And it is split right down the mif- middle, fifty fifty. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's uh, surprising to me. A lot of close polls today. All right. Yeah. This one is very interesting to me. One of my biggest criticisms of Stadia as a whole was the way that controllers connect to the surface and service, not surface. Um, and like when you look at Luna, which I have, I have a Luna controller here. And uh, when you when you connect your Luna controller to the service, it's a little dusty. Um, <laughs> It uh, it doesn't matter what screen you're using. It just works exactly the same. So if I have Luna up on my PC here and I've got it on my phone right here and I've got it on the TV over there, doesn't matter. I can see everything that I'm doing on all three of those. And, you know, you go back to prior to November 2019 
And you'll probably hear Lloyd and I say that that's what we expected to happen with Stadia. But with mm. Stadia, you have to put in like a code. And look, listen, this is not a big deal. Okay. It's not a big deal that you have to put in a code, but I don't understand why you have to put in a code. And maybe, maybe in the future, we won't have to put in a code. Um, right. Nine to five Google did this breakdown of Stadia 3.31, uh, where they look at the code and they figure out not, not the code you put in on your controller, but the actual code written for the app. And they look at that code and they found a couple of things. One of the things that they found uh, was about this thing called magic linking. Uh, mm -hmm. So here's what it says uh, on the 9to5 Google site. It says, set up connecting via linking code. So that's where you're like uh, ABXY or up left XB or whatever it is that your, your device tells you to do. You punch those numbers on your controller and it connects. Right. And that's set up code via linking code. And then they have set up code via magic linking. And then they have Stadia magic linking requested. Does this mean that we're going to have that seamless screen go from one screen to the next without having to repair your controller? What do you think, Lloyd? Um, I, I don't think so. I think this is going to be additional ways to pair um, any sort of controller to Stadia where you would connect it to your phone first. Your phone is talking to your, your Stadia instance that is currently running. And then any controller that you connect to your phone would immediately start working on Stadia using the bridge mode that they have um, built in that, that, that was in the APK for a while and also built in where you could plug in a USB-C from your Stadia controller and plug it into a different controller. Um, I think they're they're trying to make it a little bit easier with the new Play on TV thing, which is earlier up in this article, which is using your Android device as a, a wireless controller for Stadia. And I think they're going to take it a step further where if you've already set up your phone as a controller, well, why don't you just use this Xbox controller that's paired with your phone as, as um, kind of like a a wireless bridge mode thing. So I think that's more what it is. Um, I'm I'm definitely happy to be wrong and that it's it's more uh, it's easier than that. What I would really hope is it's great buying new Apple devices and you just hold your devices next to each other. They mm -hmm. figure out which devices are close based on Bluetooth. Um, um, the, the, the Bluetooth Bluetooth uh, LE. Uh, yeah. So but using kind of like um, how how quick things respond, they can tell distance. It'd be nice if you can make your uh, Wi-Fi controller work just by holding it near your TV and it figures out, OK, we're on the same wireless network. OK, this just works. But I think this is more geared for um, a phone connection and, um, yeah, just comparing controllers to your phone and then using them for Stadia through that pair. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Uh, my my hope is that they we get to that seamless interaction where I can, because sometimes I'll be sitting here and playing a game and I'll be like, all right, uh, my wife will come in and she'll sit down on the couch that I can see right here. And I'll be like, oh, I'll come over and sit next to you. So I get up from here. I walk over. I sit down on the couch. And then I have to unpair my controller and repair it. And it's not a big deal. It's just mm -hmm. annoying. Um, and, like, go ahead. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Why, why on the Chromecast with Google TV do you not have your linking code always visible somewhere so you don't have to wait for Stadia to start so that you can then remember <laughs> yeah. what your linking code is? Like, the Chromecast... 
uh, the, the original CCU always has that linking code on the screen. I wish there was a flag where you could turn it on. I know you can't use your Stadia controller in the menu, and maybe that's why they don't want to do that. But it would be really nice because I have multiples of these devices all over. And if I'm bringing a controller from one room to another, it's like, oh, damn it. What's the linking code for this one? Is it is it left X, Y down <laughs> or is it A, B, up, up? I can't remember. Um, so having that code on the screen at all times would be just it would make things so much nicer. Yeah, I do think that that's probably the reason is because they don't want you to try and pair your controller and then. It's not working. Why can't I push the thing over to wherever it's supposed to be? In fact, be if nice. you like, I've got my remote right here. Uh, if you're using your your um, Google TV thing and you hit the home button immediately, your controller just shuts off. Like yeah. it's just like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it would it would be really nice um, for oh, two docs is saying there's an option in Google Home to display or not display the linking code. Really, I looked there for it. That must have been added uh, recently. I'm gonna go see if I can find that and turn it on. Um, it would be really nice that if I if I connect my controller, um, even though you can't use it in the menu, it would just start Stadia immediately and mm-hmm. not have to bring up the the account selection and all that other stuff. It would just go right to the menu. Um, they could clean up that that interaction just a little bit to make it a little bit more uh, user friendly. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, anything else in the three point three one that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I don't All think right. so. I'm quickly going into Google Home to see if uh, Two Dogs gave me the the piece <laughs> of info that I've been wanting for such a long time. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so let's take a look at these super chats that came in throughout the show. First off, if you didn't know, you can directly support the show by clicking on that super chat button down below. You send your message in and obviously we talk to stuff, uh, talk to people throughout the show, uh, in chat, but it make, it highlights your message so that we absolutely make sure that we see it. Uh, we got a couple of them before I actually get to these. I want to say thank you to Consigno who did a super thanks on our, previous episode just a real quick tell everybody what that means it means it's kind of like a super chat but after the fact so thank you very much consigno for supporting the show that way uh anthony talcott sent in a super chat and they said wish i could watch the show but i'm super busy so stay safe well anthony thank you very much for that and uh you stay safe as well we do appreciate the support and two dogs who lloyd is investigating his uh his claims right now uh, said Mando would be so fun. And in addition to that, we did have a bunch of members in the past couple of days. So real quick, I'm going to say thank you to Tom O'Fallon, Sammy, Jacob, O'Dow Consino, who I just mentioned, Hungry Moogle, Simul Kerr, Lucas Von Anger, and Matthew Hadfield. Thank you all for the support. You guys are fantastic. We really do appreciate it. Did you find something out, Lloyd? No, I think it might only be the original CCU because I know that was an option for the original CCU. Yeah. I don't have any hooked up now. Me either. <laughs> so I, I can't see it. I just have Chromecast with Google TVs everywhere now, um, and I can't find it on any of them. So hopefully that comes in the future, just just as a reminder for forgetful people like me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not just that you're forgetful. It's that you have so many different places to play. Right. So, you know, I wish that they would do is give you, let you pick your own code. Ah, that would be the best. Like, because then I would be like, all right, so this room is A-A-A-A. This room is B-B-B-B. This room is X-X-X-X. This one is Y-Y-Y-Y. And that, like, that would, I mean, it wouldn't solve 
everything, but it would make things a little bit better. Gem in chat says we need automated pairing instead of linking codes. Yes, I agree. That's kind of what they mm -hmm. have. That's that's what basically what they have with the uh, with the Luna controller. It just yep. is connected to the service, and I I still don't understand why this is the thing. It's connected to the service, not the screen. And I understand. Here's the real reason. Because they want you to be able to ma manipulate. There's, There was this article that I read through from Stadia.dev. And I didn't put it in the show notes because I, I, like, there was a lot of it that I didn't understand. Because it's made for devs. <laughs> uh, right. But there was this article that I read on there that was talking about how they have the UI layer and then the the AP the, the APIs and then the Stadia layer behind that. And right. for some reason, Google decided, and I don't understand this, but maybe somebody else can explain. Google decided that you would control some of Stadia on the local device. Mm -hmm. And Lloyd and I have said a billion times that wouldn't it be better mostly because of how slow and clunky it was on the Chromecast, um, wouldn't it be better if instead of doing that, just the entire UI and everything was on the server, wouldn't that be a better experience? And that would completely get rid of the need for linking codes. It would yep. make the same UI across my phone, my iPad, my TV, my Chrome browser, my Edge browser, whatever, <laughs> wherever it is that I'm playing, everything would be the same. And we always have said that that would be like the best way to do it. But for some reason, they don't, yeah. they don't do it. What do you think that reason is, Lloyd? Yeah, I, I think because they have a lot of the control um, for your session is happening through the instance where you're um, connected to. So things like screenshots and bringing up the menu and stuff like that. They want it to tie into the local client. And it, it's actually pretty smart how they're doing it. They have like a JavaScript layer that is accepting all these um, ins and outs, kind of running the OS, um, bringing up your friends list and stuff like that. I, I kind of get why they would want to do that just because it, it, it it's, it's more performant to have a local UI. Uh, obviously not on the CCU though, because things got bogged down pretty, <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty big. Um, but I would love for it to be fully rendered server side and sent to you over the stream. I mean, that's what, um, oh, what was the original service? I'm trying to think of the original on live on live did that. So you could actually, you could look at a web page that had like a hundred on live, um, streams going on what everybody's playing and you could click on one and it would take you to look at that video. And they were just rendering all that server side it would it would make so much more sense if they if they did that they could add so many more features but then again they they then have to make sure that this os um is running on the blade and if you switch from one blade to another or from one location to another it's still connecting you to the right blade there must be a technical reason for doing it um that is more than what i can think of but man it would make things so much quicker i think i wonder if it has to do with future proofing where right now all the games are running on basically essentially the same thing. But right. in the future, like they bring out new uh, hardware that makes, so you'll have like, you'll have blades that have this much RAM. You'll have blades that have this version of the GPU. You'll have blades that have this much RAM and this version of the GPU. And if you're playing, yeah. I don't know, Killer Queen Black, you run on the lower power ones. And if you're playing... Right. Uh, Cyberpunk 3, you're playing on the newer ones, 
And right. not knowing where you're going to go means that they can't necessarily assign you stuff. So they have to have that front end. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. I don't know. I could see that. It, it would also make sense because from what we understand from the ar the architecture, um, the the blades that you're playing on, they have like beefy CPUs and beefy GPUs and some local storage and then network storage for all that stuff. Uh, but they also have like a chip that does all of the encoding. So it, it renders the right from the frame buffer at 4K and then it encodes it and sends it out to the client. It would make sense if maybe the UI ran on those chips and have that as something that is the same across all the different blades. So whatever is doing the encoding has a controller there that that runs the UI and it can it can accept input from the controller. It can accept input from the game session uh, to update states and things like that. But I mean, that would that would require a full re-engineering of what their hardware stuff is. So I I can't see that happening anytime soon. Um, but yeah, streaming all this stuff would be would be nice. And then you could even have a nice looking UI on the old CCU mm -hmm. that w for which there are a billion of them uh, around the world just gathering dust now. Um, you could then <laughs> drop that on on any device and and have a really amazing looking UI. That would run um, server side, not local side. Yeah, Gemma in chat says instead of a pairing code, give me a button to press that says pairing mode, and then a new Stadia controller found, and then any new Stadia controller found is auto paired within the network. Yeah. I think I think I get what you're saying. I think that that's that might be slower than just putting the four button presses in. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Listen, hmm. there's very very smart people at Google. The the idea that I can have an idea that they haven't already thought of is ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now. But uh, I will say that I wish that it were I wish it were better. <laughs> if yeah, that makes same. sense. Same. All right, that's that does it for uh, Stadia Cast episode 125. I think wow. I can't believe we've been going for that long. Crazy. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out and 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 watching. If you're here with us live, if you're not here with us live, head on over to nerdnest.tv, subscribe, click the bell, all that stuff. And thank you to everybody who is here and hanging out with us. Who remember to click on that like button because it really does help. Uh, Lloyd, why don't you tell everybody goodbye, and I will shut off the recording. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Have a good rest of your week. Get ready for those pro games coming up in just a few days, and we'll talk to you here next time on StadiCast.